Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. We met at the Florida Mall in December 1994. Yeah, it was the year before he won the Heisman Trophy. It was in nine. It was like December, a couple days before Christmas. Yeah, 1994. He was there to play which the game bowl down. The Citrus Bowl Bowl against Alabama, and I was uh, at the mall with my teammate Sean Springs, and we're walking around window shopping because we didn't have any money. And um, we uh, uh, noticed Taj of SWV. Of SWV. He was my fan. Why? Did, yeah, I thought you I were. Was, can I finish the story? And uh, we were we were walking, and he said, "There's Taj from SWV." And I said, "Oh, wow, okay." And he was like, "Let's go over and meet her." I said, uh, "She looks busy. Let's not." And he was like, no, let's go over and do it, man. You know, we'll be all right. And we walk over there. We ask her for an autograph. She didn't give us the autograph. I gave you the autograph. You said your hands were full when you're looking for your I family. I the autograph. No, she did not. And then she walked off. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, that was very rude. And I'll never buy another album again. And then <laughs> a full calendar year later, we uh, were in New York City. And I just won the Heisman Trophy fresh off of television. Just won it. Feeling good about life with my boys from Philly and we all up in there. Uh, Chad's and Wilson's up on, uh, what was that? Um, 112th Street in Manhattan. In Manhattan, yeah. And um, we're at the bar and my back is to like, kind of to like the crowd. I'm facing the bar and I noticed that a group of girls walked by and I noticed Taj. I said, oh man, there's. Taj from SWV, who played me last year. Now I'm gonna see how this works out. So I stand there, didn't do anything, just holding my ground. And I give a little tap on the shoulder and it was her friend. Her friend said, my, my girlfriend wants to meet you. So I walk on over and it was her. And I said, immediately say to you, what did I say? So I met you last year around this time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it happened. And then my story came up, the truth. So I actually signed that autograph in Florida. I told him I was there with someone. I was actually there with my ex-boyfriend shopping. I couldn't find him. He and I had gotten separated and I was frustrated because I couldn't find him. So yes, I did sign a frustrated autograph and I left. Now the next year, that ex-boyfriend and I had broken up. I was actually at Chaz and Wilson's getting over him. My girlfriend was like, there's a nice looking guy. Let's introduce you to him because maybe you guys can hit it off. I didn't realize he was the same guy. Actually, I didn't realize anybody was there because I was so messed up over this guy. I was just trying to get home. Oh, why did you say you saw me on television today? Like I did not say that. I had First of all, I never followed football. So oh, I had You cannot say I followed God. football. You cannot say I followed football. Why he told me you saw me on Isn't uh, it funny how he remembers everything but can't remember to take the trash out? So 
Anyway, we wow. exchanged phone numbers that night. We talked for about two weeks every night on the phone, but I was still a little too weak to separate from my ex-boyfriend. I actually went back to my ex-boyfriend. I told him I didn't want to drag him into that triangle, so we didn't talk. We didn't talk for like two years. We didn't talk for like no, two, we years. Each other for two years. We hated each other. Yeah. I could have punched him in his face every time I saw him. Well, I was living in Houston, uh, got drafted by the Houston Oilers in 1996, and I was down in uh, Houston, Texas. I was had my first son was was born, was was going to be born. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, my ex-girlfriend at the time was <laughs> pregnant with him, and I was living in Houston. I was still in New York City. I'm, yeah. I was born and raised in New York. SWV was still based in New York City. That was the second time we met. The funny thing is, we had met or ran into each other three times. The first time was the fall Mall of Florida. The second time was New York City at Chaz and Wilson's the night he won his Heisman. Two years later after that was the moment. So we went through our two years of I couldn't stand each other. We were at the fashion show, the Russell Simmons, Russell Simmons fashion show mm -hmm. in New York City during All-Star Weekend. I was in the fashion show. He was there hanging out with this really ugly red blazer on. <laughs> After I had done the fashion show, I decided I was going to go home. I wasn't going to stay. I had on some sweatpants and a little t-shirt. I'm walking out of the club. I decided to stop at the bar to get some, some, some something to drink. I don't drink. I just wanted some water. So as I'm walking to the bar, he was walking away from the bar. We literally bumped into each other. No, I was walking to the bar. I was walking. Away. Every time I, I tell a story, bar, it's all But I was walking toward the bar. I was going this way. Either way. And you were coming from the bar. So we, just, we kind of crossed paths. What's the difference, brother? We bumped yeah. into each other and we have been inseparable ever since. That was 19 years ago. So what yeah. happened when you bumped into each other that changed the hate? He was cute. Um, <laughs> Well, I, basically, it was one of those moments where it was like, oh, man, you know, we had it was very awkward because we didn't like each other at that particular time. And I was like, how do I play this? I couldn't turn around. I couldn't, you know, I locked eyes. So I was just like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and um, and we started talking. I said, how you been? Things are good. Blah, 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 blah. Then I said, well, how such and such? She said, well, we, you know, we lost touch. We don't connect anymore. I said, really? Neither do I. We, we, just, we just started talking and we went, um, and I said, you want to go to the bar, get some drink? So we got her water. I got, a, you know, whatever I was drinking that night. And then I asked her for a number. She didn't give it to me. So uh, the first time and I asked her again. And she I heard him asking. I just wanted him to ask again. Now, had I asked again, what was you going to do? I was going to make you ask again regardless. Oh, wow. I yeah. had to make you ask again. I did. did. The games. Well, the look, games. I didn't like you, but he was so cute. I knew I was going to give him my phone number, but I had to make him ask again. Because you were so cute. After that, the next day, we went on our, our little date. We went to, where did we go first? With, uh, no, with the juniors. We went to juniors? With the juniors. Yeah, we did. We went to Brooklyn and juniors. Yeah. No. We went to, actually, we went walking around the village. Oh, you mean, yeah. Oh, you mean the second, the, the third, the, uh, we did go to the village. We went to the village and, and we, we hung to, out. Uh, uh, Album Payne. Album Payne. 
Yeah, it was and fun. Pain got, yeah, I remember. That's right. He That's did. Right. That's right. He was so cute too. And we had the um, your dogs wasn't with us then, but <laughs> no, but it was, uh, it was a, that was a good day. I remember that now. Yeah. You want to tell him the story about my dog? No, let's, what's, what's the question? <laughs> what's the question? It's dog story. Let's story. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Go ahead, tell him. Well. New Year's Eve, the first year. When, when was that? That was at January. So, uh, no. When was, 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 was All Star Weekend? All Star Weekend was February. February '98. We started right. dating. So by that New Year's Eve that year, he wanted to really impress me. So he decided to walk my dogs. Now, anyone who knows me knows that I will give an arm for my dogs because I'm an avid animal lover. So he decides to take my Sharpay and my pug for a walk on New Year's Eve. About 10 minutes later, he calls me. He says, Tosh, come downstairs. Harry, it's, it's an important emergency. I go downstairs. He had my baby on the floor. He got my baby hit by a truck. She died that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... Dating. We were dating. It was very embarrassing. Was it a sign? First time, first time I met, uh, first time I met her brothers, and you know, it was uh, the dog was running all all around. I watched her do it, and she said that she typically stays with who is ever walking them. So she was being wild and running. I saw a ambulance of all cars coming down the street with the lights out, and I said, "Oh my God, please don't run in front of me!" I said, "Please, just just come here, come here." She ran out, boom. She saw a rabbit. I don't know what she saw, but she was mangled on the uh, pavement crying. And I had what, I had no car and had my cell phone. I had to borrow somebody else's cell phone. And somebody said, oh, aren't you Eddie George? I'm like, dude, don't you see there is a dying dog right here? I need, I need to get to a hospital, but it was not a good weekend. Okay, wait, I do. I want to go back for a second to, mm-hmm. back to, to Russell Simpson, no, before that, before that, <laughs> to the fashion show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bar. Mm-hmm. And then we were inseparable. So, but you were living in New York. Yes. At that time. I was living in, um, what was I? I was in Houston. Moving. Were you in Houston? No, you were in Nashville. Yeah, I was in Nashville. Yeah, I moved, moved, I moved, we moved to Nashville at that particular time. The team moved. Team moved. So did you decide to do a long distance relationship? We didn't have no choice. We didn't have a choice but to do a long distance relationship. If we were going to date, his career was in Nashville. My career was in, well, everywhere. But my base was in New York, so we had no choice. But to that end, did you like say, hey, we're going to be boyfriend, girlfriend? Did you just? It really wasn't anything we said that we're on a date. I mean, it just kind of happened. It just became, it just happened. We started talking on the phone at least three to four times a day for at least three to four hours a day. There was like, how long we talk at night? We would literally fall asleep on the phone. And we have, you hang up first, no, you hang up first, no, you hang up first, no, you hang up first. Yeah, you and still up? Yeah. The <laughs> crack of dawn, it was like that uh, that moment, that, 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 that time when it's like just fresh, it's new, it feels good, and it's it's exciting. You just got that, that those feeling, those butterflies in your stomach. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's how it was. Hey, you were cute. So you keep saying work. 
No, he's still cute. Thank this you. is my little pudding. I appreciate it. This is my pudding. When I look at him now, I, I just look at him and I'm thinking, we have been dating for 19 years. I can see the the growth, the transition, the baby face into the mature man. It it just cracks me up. I've never been with anybody that long. We don't grow old together. Wow, I yeah. Know. I still look the same. Though. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Nothing has changed. <laughs> When we first started dating, especially with his conference, he played Philadelphia. He played uh, Baltimore. No, I didn't play Philly. You didn't play Philly? We played in Philly once, but we played, well, Pittsburgh, we played Baltimore, but not, not Philly. But we, yeah, we, we, we had it. We worked it out to where she came here and in the off season, I would go and visit where she was. and. And then when you moved to LA, I came out to LA and spent time with her as well. We did Hawaii, yeah. the player rep meetings. Mm -hmm. We we made it work. We would go wherever each other was at the time, and I would go and yeah, we made it work. We made it work. We dated long distance for five years. No, five years was it? Five. From '98 to '02. How long is that? I don't add very well. <laughs> five, four. Four years. <laughs> I had to count myself. I was not good at math. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was hard at times because uh, first it was New York, New Jersey to Tennessee, and then I moved to L.A. So that was even worse because we had to deal with an even bigger time difference. Mm -hmm. And I don't like to sit up late because I'm like, I, I drop when the sun does. <laughs> it was hard. It was really hard. Yeah, but we made it work. We made it work. It was it was tough, but we made it work because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't go on without him. I needed to talk to him, and I know he needed to talk to me. Mm -hmm. So we made it work. Marriage came up in two thousand two, right? Was it then? I I don't. Did I ever pressure you to get married? <laughs> don't say I pressured you. Did I? You are, are you serious? I'm sorry, I have memory issues. No, you don't. You, you clearly remember facts and tidbits of, of certain things, but I don't what you remember do? saying that like, when you moved here from school and you figured, you said that if I'm not married by the time I graduate, I'm out of here. Well, I mean, if I did say that, well, look. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember saying that, but I do think that was oh, something oh I would my say. God. Down <laughs> that yeah, sounds you know, like something I was saying. But I'm just saying, like, how long was I gonna sit around? I'm thinking, like, yeah, I was pressured into making a decision, dude. How long were we gonna sit around? Huh? The, should you admit it? You admit it. I wasn't gonna I was have pressured. babies out of wedlock. Ah, so you admit the fact that I was pressured. Is that pressure? I wasn't pressured. I, I, was listen, that pressure? Well, hold on, don't try to flip it on me. Oh, oh. <laughs> it wasn't pressure. So, I did it because I wanted to, but you so left me with pressure? the you left me with an ultimatum. You said by the time you graduated, if I had not uh, given you a ring, that you were going to leave. So <laughs> is that pressure? <laughs> I would think it is, but but it wasn't. But it wasn't. A shotgun type of situation. It's, I felt like the timing was right. So you moved here while you guys were dating. That's still something. 
Yes, I moved here from LA while we were still dating. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was actually I I uh, yeah. started taking classes while I moved to LA from New Jersey because I wanted to uh, try my hand at acting, but it, it didn't work. I, I couldn't land any roles. Apparently, I sucked, so it just didn't work for me out there. So in the meantime, I started taking classes at Santa Monica College. Before I knew it, I had finished with a, an associate's degree. I applied for every school. I mean, I, I've been accept, accepted to uh, Howard, uh, uh, Bowie State, Belmont University. I got accepted to uh, Northridge. I, basically, every school I applied to, I got accepted to. So it was either stay out there, go to Maryland, go back to New York, because I applied to um, Baruch College as well, or go to Nashville so we could be closer. Now, if I was going to come to Nashville to be closer to him, I felt like it would be just redundant just to be here, just to be closer, just to be closer. If we're going to be together, we may as well be together. So if that was pressure to say that if I'm coming here just to hang out, pressure it is. <laughs> Feel pressed. <laughs> Yeah. Iron out, baby. <laughs> do what you gotta do. <laughs> I moved to Nashville uh, to attend Belmont University in 2002, and we got engaged in May of 04. Yes, May of 04. Yeah. And he did an well, amazing that's, that's job. The, that's, no, let's stay in the pressure situation. Okay, press it out, boo. No, no. Um, <laughs> And around that time, I was about 30 years old. We were dating for five years. We were living together. Uh, I, I just felt like there were clear signs that she was the, definitely the one who was dating for five years. She was a strong personality. Uh, Can you tell? Making a great mother, um, very detail-oriented. I mean, just all the little things she fills in the gaps, you know, um, really, in terms of complimenting me, we had to see if we could coexist under our house for winter, spring, and fall before we could really say, let's move forward, and, and, and we did just that. So, yeah, the ultimatum was there, but I felt like we had moved to a place that I felt comfortable where, okay, I feel good about this. Not like, damn, I hate this. I hate the fact that I'm doing this. And then those situations don't last very long. You know, because ultimately you wind up hating each other and you hate yourself and you put yourself in a situation. It becomes very expensive. It becomes uh, uh, draining energetically and all that good stuff. So I, I knew. I knew it was the time was right. You know, 30 in the NFL is it's pretty, you know, you're old, long in the tooth. And uh, I was going on my seventh, eighth year. Yeah. My eighth year. But I was going on my ninth, ninth year. year when we got married. And that was like the tail end of my career, you know, for me. So, so yeah, I think I, mean, I was thinking about children. I was thinking about a lot of different things that I wanted to do um, within, within the family and have a structure. And I didn't want to have my children so late in life that I couldn't, you know, enjoy everything possibly. So, and I knew that she was, uh, you know, uh, getting older as well. She's two years older than me. So there was that element as well. Actually. He was the last of his friends to get married. You were holding out. Yeah. Yeah, I did. You were the last.
Oh, I definitely knew I wanted to have kids. The joke is that I always wanted triplets. I wanted three girls. I was going to name them Corey, Cohen, and Kobe. They were going to be like my little crew. We were going to do everything together. We were going to dress alike every day. It was just going to be so cool. We were going to be like a, like a, a gang. But then I got pregnant and everything changed. My son whooped my tail. I mean, every day my pregnancy was a living nightmare. <laughs> I threw up every day. I developed high blood pressure. I mean, I gained so much weight. I changed colors. I was like the Hulk. Nothing went right. After he came out, I was done. <laughs> I was like, no more. <laughs> so the dreams, I want to always, I, I tease you to this day, I always want a little girl. Nope. I still want a little girl that looks just like her. Not through me. Yeah. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. yeah. Mm -mm. Technology, you can still do it. Yeah, we would have to clone one because I can't do it. Like if I, I was just so anti-kids after I got pregnant, I said, if it's anything like that ever again, I can't do it. <laughs> it was tough. It was tough. It was a lot of mood swings. I wasn't, I wasn't playing. <laughs> In the NFL, like I thought I should have been playing, you know, my, my timing went down and it was just not a happy place to be. It was rough. It was tough. It was rough. We, we went through in, hell. First year in our marriage was, was tested. Oh, yeah. True and true. And it was, um, yeah. We had to dig in. We literally had to dig in. It was like the moment we got pregnant, we, the moment we got married, we got pregnant. We had to move. Um, his career went crazy. Hi, Philly. His career uh, just took a turn for the worse, and my health took a turn for the worse. I'm telling you, my, my health just went completely. <laughs> this is our youngest. This is the baby. <laughs> this girl. is Philadelphia Renee. Say hello. This Philly. is the daughter that he'll get. <laughs> say, say hello to the camera. He'll never get another no. one through me. <laughs> no, no, no. They were sitting here the whole time. Behave. <laughs> Behave. <laughs> Behave. Eddie transitioned from uh, the Tennessee Titans to the Dallas Cowboys, and it was nothing like we expected. He had the uh, first eight years of his career was storybook. There, it was like a horror film. It was just not what we expected at all. First of all, the heat was unreal. Just, it was just, it was a nightmare. It was just a nightmare. Your team wasn't very good, and yeah, it was, it was, uh, we were challenged out the gate. Mm -hmm. So, how did you guys stay together? How did you? We had to dig in the trenches and literally hold on. We had to literally hold on. And then after the baby came, I went through postpartum, postpartum depression because after going through everything I went through, I, I just, I couldn't handle it. I just, I was going crazy. The baby was cranky. I was cranky. It was, it was just something. I was cranky. Yeah, it was something to, um, to deal with. And how we got through it, we prayed a lot. We counseling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We had to really dig deep, and and by the grace of God, we pulled through that first year. And here we are. What? Thirteen years this June? Yeah. God. I mean, those days of uh, of marital bliss, you know, quickly changed. I mean, like you're at sea, and and it's calm, it's gentle, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a storm comes up, and you are knee deep in it. Mm -hmm. You try to survive. You throw the anchor. You do this. You get the survival kit out. Because it's like, okay, what do we have to do to make this work? You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, 
again, you know, we, we really tested our faith, it stretched our faith, it stretched our character, it exposed a lot where we were, where I was thinking, where she was thinking for us to come together it made it stronger. So it was it was a mutual thing because, you know, she wasn't happy, I wasn't happy. And the one thing that I didn't want to be ever on the negotiating table was a divorce. Right. I just didn't want that. You know what I mean? It, I just for, for a lot of different reasons, me personally, I, I never really wanted that. You know, I was searching for, from a personal perspective, for a peace of mind and on all the wrong places. And uh, I had to channel that energy in a different direction. So very much so, counseling was a big part of that ordeal. When you say you were searching for another wrong place, what does that mean? It means what it means. In all the wrong places you can think of. <laughs> Clubs, the other women. Ambien. <laughs> yeah. Get a good quality of rest. I mean, it's just just the struggle that that I've had. And uh, we've talked about that. And it, 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 it it's a situation where it... it you never get over that. You constantly have to work on it every day. Every day you have to recommit yourself to it until you're in such a good groove together that it's on the periphery. It never goes away. Just like anybody else's demons, they never go away. You just have to acknowledge it and, and stay the course. So that's, that's been it. What I think what really helped me get through that period, honestly, was because I was going through my own issues. I was dealing with my postpartum depression. I really didn't have time to deal with his at the time. We were both going through our, our own storms. So I think if I didn't have that to worry about, I would have been more crushed by what he was going through. It bothered me. And I, yeah, I, I, I beat him up for it. But I had to deal with my baby. I couldn't let my baby down because, I mean, as much as I was, I, I literally, I sat down at the computer and I, I typed an email to my sister and I was telling her, I was like, my baby don't like me and I don't like him. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so when I explained that to my sister, she immediately got on a plane and she came down and she's like, go to sleep, go to sleep. So once I was able to sleep and get that emotion off my back, I was able to deal with him. So literally, Tone, we got to put them pills down because he was just medicating to the point where he couldn't think straight. And I understood, I understood the whole thing with the women. Like the one thing I say, seat fillers don't bother me. I know I'm an Oscar winner, so you can't you can't come in my space. So you, you get rid of your stuff, fix that. We ended up writing a great book about marriage through all those experiences. So those things it bothers you, it 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 tugs at your at your ego at times, but it helps you grow. It helps you become a better person, and I always tell him. I forgive, but it's hard to forget. Eventually, I'll forget. I, eventually, I won't even think about it, but I'm gonna get a lot of good gifts out of it. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, 
it helps it has helped us grow it has helped us grow a lot so yeah when i look at my kids and i look at my family i'm i'm so blessed i can't even ask for more god is so good because the things that we have gone through the things yeah. that i have gone through through my 46 years of life i shouldn't even be here but i'm here i'm healthy i'm happy i have my family to lean on nothing can stop me Writing out our book, you start to look at things differently. Because when you write things out, yeah. you can see it, opposed to feel it. And when you can see things, it's almost you're looking at it in 3D. You, you step outside of it, and you can look at it from a different perspective. You can see things. Like when, I, when I would write things, or actually when I was reading his version, I could see it from his point of view. Mm -hmm. And I can understand what he was going through. So it was easier for me to, to um, look at the things that he was going through. Like, like, for instance, when we got married, when we started dating, my career was over. SWV had broken up. So... Um, I was no longer Taj from SWV. I was actually Eddie George's girlfriend or Eddie George's wife. So um, understanding his career change, I totally understood what he was going through. I'd been there already. I could, when he sat in the car and, and asked me what's going on, I'm like, look, it's like this, it's like that. I can totally tell you what's going on. And it hurts. It hurts like hell. But you'll get through it. You will get through it. So even before you sat down to write, how did you guys know we're going to be okay? You know? Because we were okay. Yeah, we were fine. We were fine, but you still have to flush out the the uh, residue, and and that's still that's still that, that still existed. So we dealt with it. I mean, one thing that we did was you know we, we sat down and just like any. Uh, corporation would do or any partnership, we came up with a mission statement, mm -hmm. you know, together. And that and that process really helped us. It's not even so much about what the mission statement says, but so much about the process of understanding what the mission is, you know, and going through that and flushing it out and digging in the layers and finding out what your priorities are versus my priorities. And for me personally, it was a complete uh, shift in a personal change for me, you know, a, 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 a personal development that I had to go through. In order for me to be all I can be, I had to shift my priorities. And I had to start with me working from the inside out and continue to work on that whole ordeal. What is your mission? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we wrote it so long ago. <laughs> you know, it's it's simple. I think it's it's to create a loving uh, environment for our, uh, children, for our children to grow, and for uh, and for our and our marriage to grow as well to evolve with God important. as the background. Yes, and that has to happen. Where it's never going to be locked into to this because where we are now. We weren't 10 years ago, and 10 years from now, God willing, we're still alive. It's in a different place, a much better place. And the more that you work on it, it's like anything else. You work on your craft, you work on being the best player you can be, football player you can be, the best director, producer, whatever that may be. It's the same thing as, a, as the role you play as a husband. The more you work on that and, and making love and action, you know, and, and 
doing it through your actions, it become better at that and you become accustomed to it. So yeah, it's, it's worked. My parents weren't married. They were divorced when I was young. I forget the age, I, we were, I think it was seven. My mom, my mother never remarried. My father never remarried. So really my great, my mother, my grandmother and my grandfather, they were, they were hip together for a long time. So that's where I got, I guess, the, the image of, of what a marriage should be and what it is. Yeah. My parents were never married, ever. Actually, I didn't grow up with my father. My father passed away when I was nine, so I barely knew him. What, what images of marriage taught you what you wanted to give your son? Everything that I dreamt of having with my father. Right. Everything that I dreamt of having with my father, my father taking me to practice and my father disciplining me, uh, my father um, bringing things home for me or just just all the things that I wish I had at, a, at certain points of my life in my teenage years. That's what I try to create for my sons now, you know, so it's it truly is a learning experience you can't write a book on this shit excuse my french but you just can't you can try you talk about your experiences there are there are blueprints but just know that there are, there are definitely choices that you can make but divorce doesn't have to be on the table if there are different ways to expand the pie to to, to compromise there, there's a win-win in every situation and um, it's gotta be we first, but when you make it about you, then that's when you're you're done, when the ego really comes into play as a couple. And sometimes it's, you know, for other people, it's it works for them in terms of being separate or divorced. But I think we, we've developed um, a great relationship and our, our the, the trust factor has been compromised. It has been beat up on several occasions, but through thick and thin, we have been able to weather those storms and we kind of have an idea of how to get through those times. We've been time. able to rebuild trust through time. time. Every day we're building. It literally is one step, one brick, one breath at a time. One day at a time. That's it. Starting back with the foundation, going back to the process. And that means going to counseling, go to counseling, go to seek out a, a spiritual advisor, you do that. I mean, you know, talk to your mother and you do that. I mean, whatever, whatever it takes to get you back on track and get you moving in the right direction again, and you do that. Life begins when the poop hits the fan. Now, what does he look like now? When all, everything goes wrong, mm -hmm. is he still cute? Is he cute enough to fight for? Is he cute enough to grin and fight and not just bear it, but work at it? No, no one wants to work at it anymore. No one wants to work and dig and fight and scratch and get dirty. Everything is so quick and instant. And yeah, the good old days are gone. Now it's frowned upon when you fight for your marriage. You're considered weak. No, you're not weak. I think that's strong when you fight for your marriage. That's a real woman. Weak women walk away. I, I don't look at it as um, 
as, as you know, the exterior of a, of a woman or how pretty you are, or I mean, that, that, that's a big part of it, but it, at the end of the day, it's not. Because eventually, your beauty is going to enhance your outer beauty at some point. If, if you're ugly on the inside, you're going to at some point be ugly. And But if you are genuine and loving and caring and in uh, harmony with me, that beauty comes out and it enhances that. So mm -hmm. I don't, it's never been about who looks good or that nature in terms of being with that person forever and locking down and having a marriage and so forth and having your soulmate. Nah, it's, it's definitely, a, it goes a lot deeper than that. It really does. It really does. I would definitely say the first year was the most challenging. Yeah. I think it was. That was the period where we had the most uh, change. Yeah, that was where it, it was change. It was um, adversity. Adversity, a lot of challenges. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a lot of attacks. Oh yeah, oh, a yeah. lot of attacks. It could have gone south quickly. Quickly. Oh yeah. I definitely believe in soulmates. I believe I found my soulmate. I think there's, I mean, soul, there's soulmates for different purposes, I think. There's a, there could be a soulmate for a mentorship, a soulmate of love, uh, a soulmate of, of enemies, because you have to have, in order for you, I think, for you to go to great heights, you have opposition that's going to challenge you, call you out. You're going to have a natural enemy. Uh, I think we, we have that, whether it's a relative or it's a friend or something. So there are different soulmates for different reasons and different seasons. So I think for us, in terms of my family and my marriage, and she is my soulmate for this. But I think there are other people in your, they'll come in and out of your life at different times. That will be a soulmate to teach you something along, along your journey. That's deep. Well, it's true, I think. It's just to me, that's what I think. I love his mind. I love his mind. I'm going to keep that. What is it like to have an additional, or do you even feel it, having an additional eye on your marriage? Sometimes, sometimes having that additional eye is, is nerve-wracking. You, like you like to look at those websites and watch. no not not particularly not particularly but when <clears throat> when you have people who like to comment on your personal life regardless if it's just your grocery list it, it's annoying it can be annoying sometimes the brooklyn in me sneaks out and i try to keep it in but every now and then it sneaks out and it, and it says sometimes i go on i go to 10 real quick but it's just because i'm very very protective of my family and oh my god especially my kids don't go near my kids just don't do that it's dangerous you think mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't affect you or whatever you sort of talk about your relationship or nah nah it doesn't well not, it not, bothers not, well, me well you know like um, of course somebody's gonna threaten my wife and my children that's that's a no brainer but in terms of the bullshit 
Well, I don't care about the ball, but okay. I, well, I like, mean, it's I, I like don't, I don't. I'm, I'm like, I gotta keep it moving. I, I'm so focused on what I'm trying to do and accomplish in my life as a husband, as a man, as an entrepreneur, as an actor. All these, all these roles that I play, that I really can care less or really don't pay attention to or give any energy to what other people think about it. Because at the end of the day, I have to come home and deal with this. I have to create a place where my sanctuary is intact and it's harmony. When I walk in the house, it's, ah, yeah, all right, I went out in the world, I fought, I got beat up, things didn't go well, things didn't go well. I can come home and I can exhale. Because if you got to fight out there and come home and fight equally as hard, I'm not going to live there anymore. You know what I'm I saying? I have your back when you get home, though. Yeah, but I'm just saying, <laughs> in terms of, I'm being serious. Because, I know. Because if your house is not is not right, it's it's tough. It is tough, especially especially for black men, especially for black men in this world to fight for the dreams and then come home and have to fight your family and your wife trying to be understood. Nah, 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 it's tough. I think I noticed it initially that I was going through some kind of depression. I definitely knew I was depressed because I, my, my mom passed away when I was 14. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing. I had a doula um, who helped me prepare for the baby but I had no family here in Tennessee so there was no one here to to, um, to really get me ready I have a um, um, a friend of mine my I call her my mom she's like my pretend mom she came down and she was with me when the baby was born she stayed for a week but once she left I was by myself and the baby he was just I had no idea what I was doing I can't stress that enough I thought that you had to clean him constantly. So I bathed him at least two to three times a day. I washed him so much, I dried out his skin. So he was cranky. I didn't know, I didn't realize that. So while he's crying, I'm crying. I'm like, I can't get him to shut up. He doesn't like me. When he slept, I could not sleep. So I'm up 24 hours a day and this baby is just screaming and hollering. I'm already emotional. My hormones are all over the place. I couldn't get a grip on it. He was not home. So I'm sitting there just, my, my emotions are just going all over the place. It got to the point where I was just, I just couldn't, I didn't know what to do. All I kept thinking was, I understand how women go through that shaken baby syndrome. I, I just had these visions of this and I knew something was wrong. So, um, one I, one day I just sat at my computer and I just I just typed out an email to my sister and she immediately got on the plane because she knew she was like she has to get down there so she came and thank God she did because I didn't know who to talk to I didn't know what to do I was afraid to tell anybody else because I thought they would probably think I was going to kill him I would never kill my son of course but I just I just I'm just glad she came when she came because. It's, it was tough. It was tough. All I kept thinking was, it's only two weeks. What am I going to do? I got to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> he was born April 4th. And that was like, 
that was just, it was just a terrible time. Not terrible, because of course he's a blessing. I can't even imagine my life without that little boy now. Like, I would kill somebody for him now. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, he always says that's my boyfriend. Yeah, he's my, my like second husband. But yeah, then I just didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. And it was just, it was killing me that I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't aware of the postpartum depression bit. I, I knew I was dealing with my own stuff. So when I was in the house, you know, she would be asleep or the baby would be asleep and I had nobody to talk to. So I would leave and I'll come back home and they'll be asleep or whatever. And I would, you know, I would help her out. I would hold them. I would do what I could do, but he needed his mother at the time. He was just- I was really breastfeeding. Breastfeeding the whole entire time. So. I didn't I didn't quite understood stand my role. You know, I had my oldest son, but he was with his mother 90% of the time until he came to visit in the summers and so forth when he was about six months and a year. So I had him pretty much his, his entire life, but it was, it was completely different. The circumstances were different. I was married with the son and so forth. So it was really, really challenging for me. I think the biggest challenge was to be understood for both of us. Mm. A lot of the stuff that she's saying now, you know, I'm like, wow, I wish I was there more. I wish I understood what she was going through. So I didn't know that she was going through that emotional period, the traumatic period for me. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was just a lack of sleep and and that was it. And I didn't know you were washing three times a day. <laughs> I was doing it way too much. Like, she has a tendency to do that anyway. Yeah, I have a little OCD. <laughs> a lot. But yeah, I just, I was, I thought babies needed to be clean. So I, I made sure, every time I fed him, I bathed him. I made sure he was clean. And I was like, you're going to be the cleanest baby ever. <laughs> and that's why he doesn't wash now. He wash. I ruined it for him. <laughs> well, he's, he's gotten better. He started taking showers, but... For the most part, if y'all weren't here, he'd be on this couch with his shirt off. Yeah. That's my baby. <laughs> oh, gosh. I think I went through that maybe for about, maybe about uh, almost two months. Like, my sister came down. She stayed for about three weeks. And, uh, like, she literally came and grabbed the baby. She basically said, go to sleep. And I, I believe depression, it can be cured with, with rest. You don't have to medicate everyone. Some people might need a little medication for the hormonal imbalance, but for the most part, new moms, they really just need to sleep. I think if they can get on a schedule, it, it's, it's so beneficial because babies are overwhelming, especially when you've never had a baby before. They they are a full-time job and they don't care if you don't sleep. They don't care if you don't eat. It's their world and they you belong in their world. So yeah, they I, I just think as much help as you can get as a new mom, these young girls having babies, they have no idea what they're getting themselves into. So they need as much help as possible. Um, I was 34 when I had my son and he put me on my butt. So I'm just, look, <laughs> get all the help you can get. What do I do to irritate you? 
She'll she'll dig under my nails. She'll do this. I hate that when she does that under my nails. It bothers me. I hate that. <laughs> I hate when she when we're in bed and we're uh, and she'll twirl her feet and then whip my feet. <laughs> I hate that. Um. Ah, uh, what else? Is something that you thought you would get used to? Nah, nah, can't get used to that. Like, she's a morning person. A morning person. And she'll, when she wakes up in the morning, her phone, she'll have the music on, iHeartRadio, Hot 90, 105.1, and it's up to the loudest. And I'm still trying to get some sleep. I, I hate that. What else do you do? I don't do anything to annoy you. Let me get out my list. Okay, so what Eddie does to annoy me, first of all, I don't understand how he sleeps. I can sleep in the bed and never have to make it. He sleeps in the bed, the sheet will be in a ball by morning, and the, the covers will be like in a bunch. I don't know how he does that. It drives me crazy. He uses a washcloth for everything. He'll use it to wipe his hands, to wash, to wipe off, wipe off his toothbrush. He uses eight towels a day. Oh my God, he doesn't rinse his bowls. <laughs> he doesn't put up his clothes. What else well, do I you- I put my clothes. You do not. Do you put your clothes up? Yes, I do. Who cleans the closet? Please tell me who cleans the closet. Are you serious? Who cleans the closet? You clean the closet one time by yourself, my side. Okay, you know what? From now but, on, okay. I'm only gonna, I'm, that one time is gone. From now on, you clean your closet. The cars, he will leave everything in the car. The car is a garbage can. I can always tell when he's been in it and how many times he's drunk any kind of water or any kind of juice because every bottle he's had is left in the car. That's true. That's fair. But what about your car? You got crumbs and shit no, no, it's not. No, it's not. I don't, I don't know. I wish the boys were in here. I wish your the boys were in here. Your car is just as dirty as mine. My car is spick and span. You know what? Go go walk in there. Go with I used to put back. up signs all over the house. I would have index cards with little messages Don't all over the money? house. Yes, I do. And they ignore them. He would take them down. I'd put them back up. I told him we are going to destroy a ton of trees. It's easier for me to just take it down and rip it up for her to write it out and tape it up. I show well, we are going to destroy a ton of trees until he gets it right. When I come off the come on from the uh, off the road or, or something, the food is cooked. I can smell the food at the house. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't. But when it does, it's it's the absolute best. It's a day like today, a clear day. It's a gorgeous day outside. The house is clean, you know, and I can just just exhale. That's that's the beautiful thing, and you know. I just love being around. She's like my best friend. This period, period. She's my best friend. And she knows when I've had a rough day, happy day, and so forth. And it's the best being married and knowing that someone genuinely has your back and will be in the trenches with you and cry with you. That trust is really forged by fire, you know, literally. And um, it's, it gets strong. So, I, I, I mean, that's what I love about you. What about you? You know what? Every time I come home off a long trip, he always has a, a nice hot bath waiting for me. 
he does. Him and the boys, they do it collectively. And I can get in and they'll bring my bags in and then they're like, Mara, what you cooking? <laughs> no, we don't. These little things will take care of everything. But they do. They have a nice hot bath waiting for me, and I love that. And Philly sits at the foot of the tub, and she waits for me to get out. Just like she's doing she's, now. She's the queen. She is. She runs everything. Insurance cards to making sure the house is fixed, cleaned, pools on, um, grills fixed. Uh, TVs are installed. Uh, all the the little nuances to make this thing work. That's that's everything. Ninety five percent of it is this that. I try to make sure the house is running so that he can be on the road and do what he does and not have to worry about all that stuff. He 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 does a lot. He does a lot. He's on the road. He's making sure his businesses are running. He brings a lot into this house. So. I don't want him to have to come home and have to worry about the little stuff. Now, you, you don't do a lot of mechanic stuff. You don't do things if like that. If it comes down to it, I'm gonna figure it out. But she's right, when I come home, I'll come home to rest. But if I have to do it, I'm gonna get it done. Like I pressure washed the entire he pool did. last he year. did. And the deck, cleaned out the garage, spick and span. He did, give me some. No. <laughs> because you play me, you play me, but when it's time to get down to it, if it needs to be done, I'll get it done. Now I'll give you some. You're okay. <laughs> Eddie always says I'm too independent. I've always been independent. I've always been, um, I think it, just, it came from when my mother passed away. I've always had to do things. I've always had to make it happen. I've always had to think fast and on my feet. So I'm just used to making things happen. It's just an ache for me. So when um, when we started dating and I moved in, if something needed to be done, I hop on it. I'm, he always says I do things before I even let him do it. It's, it's just a habit. It's just a habit. Yeah, she'll tell me to do something. I'm like, all right, I get it. And then I go to do it, and it's done. And then she get the attitude, she said she had to do it well. I didn't do it when she wanted me to do it. There's a time limit. No, it's not a time limit. You ask me to do stuff, and on my time, I'm gonna get it done. But you want, you want me to do it when you want it to be done. I'm a little impatient also, so if I'm like, can, will you do such and such? And if it's not done, like, I expect, if I said, can you do such and such? And if you don't get up to do such and such, I'm like, oh, I'll just do it. I'll just do it. I just can't. Why don't you tell them how we got engaged? Well, that was beautiful. We got engaged and it was a complete surprise to me. You can't put anything over on me, but he actually, he, he did a great job. Sometimes I'm a little like, I have blonde moments. <laughs> so I didn't realize what was going on. And that was hilarious to me because like, I know everything. So this was in May. We were uh, planning a trip to New York. We decided to go to New York. I'm from Brooklyn. So he said we were going to go to New York and spend a weekend in New York. I'm like, cool. So 
we get to New York, he's like, um, why don't we go to Brooklyn and, and have lunch? We were gonna go to Brooklyn to have lunch at Junior's where we had our first date. What? Nothing, I'm just listening. We were gonna go to Brooklyn to have lunch at, at Junior's where we had our first date. So we get up, we get dressed, we go all down to Brooklyn and we are, we're at Junior's and I'm sitting there and I realize, hey, we're sitting in the same seats we were sitting when we had our first date. He's like, yeah. I'm like, we're cool. <laughs> So then he said, like, why don't we walk across the bridge? Because when I was younger, I would tell him how I used to walk across the Brooklyn Bridge all the time. I'm like, walk across the Brooklyn Bridge? No, it's raining. I'm down thinking about my hair. I'm like, no, we can't walk across the bridge. I'm going to get my hair wet. He's like, well, I got an umbrella. We can walk across the bridge. I'm like, well, all right. We can walk across the bridge. A little bit I know he had already had this planned out. So we're walking across the bridge. And I'm like, you can tell what I'm I'm gonna get there. My mama came to Junior's. No, she didn't. Yes, she, she said, remember, mama came to Junior's. She's like, my friend asked me to come. I got my card. Uh, she did. Okay. But you want to tell the story? Go ahead. You don't want to add a little bit. Go ahead. Okay. So my girlfriend, Marilyn, comes and she said something about her. She, wait, her what friend, did she say? Her friend had to give her some money and come meet her across the bridge. Go ahead. And Marilyn had the umbrella, right? Yes. Okay, so Marilyn has this umbrella. She tells us that her friend had some money for her. We needed to walk across this bridge. So we're walking across the bridge, and I'm reminiscing on how when I used to walk across the bridge when I was younger, I would see little things, and I'm like, oh, I used to do this, and oh, I used to see that. And he's just like cracking up because he knew I would say all this, right? So he got me really good. He knows that I'm an animal lover. So I spot this little cute fat bulldog like a mile down the road on this bridge. I'm like, Granted, she can't see. <laughs> I wear glasses. <laughs> so I'm like, is that a bulldog? Oh my God. I said, hey, you see a little cute bulldog? He's like, yeah, I see it. So I'm like, oh my God, I gotta ask, can I play with their bulldog? So as they get closer, mind you, my girlfriend is all in this, right? She's getting her camera ready and I'm still, I'm not seeing none of this because I'm completely like focused on this little cute bulldog and they knew that I would be doing this. So guys come closer. I'm like, oh my God, your bulldog is so cute. Can I hold him? They're like, sure. Then they tell me, you know, we're a singing group. Can we sing for you? I was like, oh, yeah. Remember you asked me what the name of the dog was? I said, What's, can I get to that part? If you're going to tell the story, boy, I mean, go ahead, all right? So, I was like, can I hold your bulldog or whatever? They said, yeah, sure. We're a singing group. Can we sing for you? I was like, sure. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Let me just hold your dog, right? So they start singing all my favorite songs. I'm like, oh my God, these guys are dope. And they're singing all my favorite songs. It's not dawning on me yet, right? So they start singing like uh, Black Street and- I'm, I'm not gonna let you go away from it. Okay. So they're singing like all my favorite songs from like Black Street and um, what else did they sing since you're telling my story? No, that was it. Uh, on, uh, oh, you sing a couple songs. Yeah, they sing a couple songs. Well, um, anyway, they rounded up the, the songs. They started taking off their jackets. Each one of them had on airbrushed t-shirts that said, will you marry? And I'm like, hold up. I turn around and Eddie has on the me t-shirt on his knee with the ring. This is just not like a regular day. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God. Yes, right? So it was so cute. And I'm trying to give them back the dog. It turns out the dog is mine. It was a gift. I said, this is just, this is too cute. So he's right there, actually. Yes, that's the baby. We named him Brooklyn because I'm from Brooklyn and we were on the Brooklyn Bridge. 
So I'm all geeked up. I'm like, I just got engaged on the Brooklyn Bridge. My girlfriend got it all on camera. Later on that night, we go out to celebrate. We go to, what was it, Tao? Mm -hmm. We go to Tao, this private room upstairs to have dinner. He had flown all my, my best friends. It was so beautiful. All my best friends, my brothers, his friends. Like, it was the most beautiful night ever. It, it was it was priceless. I'll just I'll never forget that. I'll never forget it. And they all knew and didn't tell me. <laughs> well, there was another part of the story to say. What part did I forget? When I had the ring, engagement ring on the table the entire week. Oh right, yeah. It was all right. Yeah, that's one thing I I'm oblivious when it comes to <laughs> just tell her that. Yeah, he did. He left you left the receipt. It was the receipt on the table for an engagement ring. And I saw that and I was just like, is he, did he, ooh, I think he bought a ring. Now I knew that, but the whole week, it just didn't dawn on me that like, this is it. <laughs> I, was, I was lost. He was dumb for leaving it and I was dumb for not realizing it. Get off my head. <laughs> Ow. Well, one thing I love doing is taking naps. <laughs> like, I like, she's like my, uh, the only way I can go to sleep is I hold her and put her to sleep. I'm like his, his little body pillow. I can't go to sleep until he goes to sleep because he has to have me like this. Once he goes to sleep, I can squeeze from up under him and finally get comfortable. That's ridiculous. And it's been like that for 19 years. Isn't that sick? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, he, Are you romantic or is that just your good day? Oh, he's, he's very romantic. Every time we've done something sweet, he's always he's always come up with really great ideas. Now, he pumped me up, baby. No, one thing that he used to do to me when we first started dating, <laughs> I told you, like, when the sun goes down, I go down. He used to always put me down <laughs> and then go out the room. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember we would go to Hawaii or something like that. Like, I'm not doing we, anything. We'd go to the Pro Bowl. No, oh. I'm not. She's upset with me because she thinks I'm doing Why something. Why did you get her up? She, I'm not doing anything. I'm having an interview. I'm having an interview. Billy, come here. Come come with mommy. Come I'm, with mommy. I'm having an interview. Come here. Come here. I'm not doing anything. Sit on my lap. Sit on, sit on his lap there. I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing, I'm having a conversation. Sit over here, sit, sit down, sit down, <laughs> sit. Can I talk? Do you mind? Look, I'm sit. Just, I'm not touching her. Focus, both of you, focus. This dog is, is crazy. So as I was saying, he would put me down like a child because I go to sleep early. Like if I could go to sleep at nine o'clock every day, I would. I had gotten in the habit, especially after baby. When he goes down, I would go down. He would do that to me constantly. This is before we had kids. <laughs> we would go to the Pro Bowl. I would go to sleep like the minute the sun would go down, especially with the time difference. I was like, no good. And he would want to go out with the rest of the players. So he'd be like, oh, I'm sleepy. Let's go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> he would lay down and rub my back and basically pat me to sleep and put me down. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna go ahead and go out now. You go ahead and go to sleep. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, the first six years dating and the uh, last, you know, I can't add, what is that, 14 years? <laughs> the first five years and the last 14 years, the difference between them, I don't know. I guess it would be the distance, huh? That's the only thing. Outside of that, it's the chemistry has always yeah. been there. It would only it's, be it's the still, distance and the certificate. Still, it's, it doesn't feel like 19 years at all. It feels it went by so fast, it too. Fast. Jesus. I mean, it really feels like seven. It, because it's like, no, it just feels like as, as she's gotten, as we've gotten older, it's like something new you discover, something mm -hmm. different. Layers just peel off. And it's like, God, man, you just learn something new. So it still feels very, very young. Not, yeah. not, um, not at its end, still, because it's still maturing, just hitting our pocket. Yeah. yeah. The distance is closed. Um, we got a paper to prove it, and a new human being. 